0: Uh, it, it's pretty commonplace nowadays that uh, if you want to send a peanut butter sandwich or a you know, bag of, of almonds or cashews in your kid's lunch to school, you can't because schools typically ban all of those kinds of products. No nuts at school because of allergies. And, you know, look, it's an understandable concern. And for some kids, you know, exposure to, to peanuts or other nuts uh, can be pretty serious, maybe even life-threatening. But our ban's the way to go. There's some interesting news on this front. Um, in Whitehorse, uh, of all places, um, an elementary school there has ended its ban on nuts. École Emily Tremblay has moved away from a total ban and instead is focusing on allergy awareness. The principal says we're not compromising the safety of kids. We're taking a different approach. That Not allowing nuts and peanuts in class uh, gave students a false sense of security and that's an interesting point now what's worth noting here is that we've got some some good uh, guidelines uh, and advice on this front from an expert panel that studied this issue a few years ago so why have schools been so reluctant in, in moving in this direction? Why is the school in Whitehorse kind of at the forefront of this? Well, joining us to talk more about these issues, uh, very pleased to welcome the program uh, here this morning, Dr. Susan Wasserman, uh, an allergist and clinical immunologist at McMaster University, was the lead author on these guidelines published uh, back in 2021. Professor Wasserman, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, so let me get your thoughts on on the approach that this uh, white horse school is is taking. Do they seem to have it right in your view?
1: Well, look, it's certainly a beginning and it's early days, but you know, look, uh, I'd say that to be fair. Uh, the guidelines which found no evidence uh, for bans on certain foods being effective, we had to come to grips with the fact that the evidence is just not out there. Uh, often the science is not high quality and any recommendations that we made, we had to say were conditional. We think that the benefit of not instituting bans is there, but we're not 100% sure. So I think that what this principle did is what the guidelines recommended. Uh, the evidence doesn't support it. Work with your school and see what works for you. You know, Whitehorse is a small school of 200 yep. children. Probably everybody knows each other and what they're allergic to. So hopefully they've worked out a system that will work for them. Uh, and hopefully all the safety issues and education Uh, that was discussed uh, is there as, you know, a good background to what's happening.
0: So in terms of why the bans don't work, because maybe we we do get a false sense of security. Okay, there's a ban, so somehow that that magically keeps everything out. But what what do we miss when it comes to to the reality or the actual practice of this?
1: Well, the reality is that we don't have the science that has ever studied it rigorously. You know, there really... we didn't find any good information that compared schools that sort of had rigorous food bans in place with those that have not instituted these sorts of measures. And in fact, where we did find data, sometimes schools that banned even had more reactions taking place within the school so whether they work or they don't work based on the best quality evidence we can't find evidence that it does work the science just isn't there to support it but the science is not high quality
0: and, and as we mentioned that doesn't mean ignoring the issue right and then, so the you know the comments from the principal sort of speak to how they're taking a different approach so what are the best practices
1: Well, look, the best practices are that if you're going to go this route, and many of us who did these guidelines uh, sort of believe in going forward with food allergy management, the education needs to be in place. Uh, You know, kids need to wash their hands. The table surfaces need to be cleaned. Uh, You do have to have good supervision during eating. Teachers and other personnel need to know what to look for if an allergic reaction is taking place. They need to know how to use an epinephrine auto-injector and not be afraid to use it. And a lot of this training has to go on continuously. It's not just showing your teachers once a year. Often people forget. So there really is a lot that needs to go on. People still have to realize that this is potentially a very serious problem, So if you're going to go the route uh, of, you know, no food restriction, uh, at least know all the measures that have to be in place to keep your kids safe.
0: So, and, and I mean, as you say, you know, schools are going to have their own situation. If, if you got a school where there are no allergies, then that's a different approach than maybe with a school that has a higher number of them. So, No,
1: you're absolutely right? right. And this was also recommended by our guideline, that everybody has to adapt what they do to their own context. The evidence may not be there uh but you know you do have to have all the the other measures in place i don't know if no food restriction is going to eventually take off in every school i mean if you go to a downtown toronto school and that's what i'm more familiar with i mean there can be a thousand or 12 you know or 1200 children there uh, not everybody knows each other, they may not know the allergies, there may be a lot of other issues which make food allergy a lower priority, so, you know, everyone has to adapt to their own context uh, and do what they can to protect these students. It'll take a while to take off, it, th- this is certainly uh, a change of pace as we've known it for the past 15 to 20 years that I've been doing this, and whether every school adopts this measure, we don't know. I mean, it's going to be very contextual.
0: You know, the broader question of of why we seem to have so many peanut or or nut allergies in in society, and I know, you know, there was some interesting research out of Israel looking at the connection between early exposure and and rates of allergies. Do we have a better understanding of these issues, do you think?
1: I think our understanding is that it's very complex. I think that what may have led to this problem in the first place is the fact that once we saw allergies starting to rise, we did what we knew best, avoid it, don't introduce it, it means that you will never become allergic. So for the longest time, mothers wouldn't eat peanut in pregnancy, babies were told not to eat peanuts until they approach childhood, three, four years of age, but all of these measures actually led to far more allergy. So now our food recommendations have changed. There should be no food restriction, certainly not for the mothers, and babies, especially those with eczema and other risk factors should be introducing these foods early in order to prevent allergy. So that's just part of it. Other things are, you know, we think that because we live too cleanly, the body has become lazy, it's become more allergic, we're no longer just busy fighting infection, uh, it may have to do with vitamin D, it may have to do with pollution. There's so many contributors, but by far I think the biggest thing that we have found out is that early introduction is preventative.
0: Very interesting. So, uh, you know, it's been a while. I mean, you published these guidelines uh, in 2021, and here we have right. sort of one school that we can point to that, that thinks this is, is the right approach. I mean, there's probably all kinds of reasons why schools are reluctant, but uh, is is this maybe a tipping point? Are you hoping to see some more momentum now? Well,
1: look, it certainly may be a beginning. It's brought things back into focus. I mean, you're right. It took us five years to publish these guidelines. The amount of work was incredible, lots of stakeholders. And then after they were were published, we all got preoccupied with COVID. You know, food allergy was really not on the radar. And now that this White Horse School has taken the first step, there may be others, you know, where parents approach the school administration and say, listen, let's give it a try. Is this the way forward with food allergy? Uh, You know, everybody will have to do their job to see how it suits their school specifically. And, you know, you made mention before uh, about a false sense of security. The amount of anxiety that most of these parents have at the best of times is really huge. And that's probably what, you know, has prevented yeah. this going forward. But it may be time to at least start thinking about it and seeing what we can do.
0: Yeah, well said. We'll leave it there. Dr. Watsman, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate your insight on this.